Welcome to The Confessional Taco, a podcast exploring historic faith and practice rooted in the depths of Mexican-American culture. In our time, we want to invite you into the conversation on all things confessional, cultural, and hyphenated. My name is Marco, and I am a writer, a local pastor, and a preacher. And my name is Serge. I'm an educator, a musician, and a writer. And this is Taco Tuesday. We got people in Ireland. Okay, we just started that and you just yelled out. We got people in Ireland. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. That's all right. That's all right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you are listening to this podcast. Welcome to The Confessional Taco, where tacos taste great and confessions are good. Marco, how are you? I'm doing well. I feel really bad. (laughs) (laughs) I just ruined that recording. (coughs) No, you didn't. We have people listening in Ireland. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I don't really like Guinness. Sorry. But that's my thought in Ireland. I wonder if Guinness tastes different in Ireland. I bet it does. It, it has, has to, to taste different, yeah. doesn't it? It has to. It has to. I mean, I'll, I, I don't know. I mean, if it's free. I'll I know they drink it room temperature. Yes. What is, what's the purpose of that? I don't know. You're, you're a beer guy, aren't you? Yeah. You like the dark beers. I do. So tell me. Uh, I don't know. I, it, it's the way it's supposed to be. Some, I, don't I don't know. Something about the carbonation, maybe? I mean, I'm sure we could look it up. But um, uh, Who wants to Google stuff? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm sure it tastes better. It has it's got to. It. It's got to taste better. Yeah. Um, okay. We got. We have to plan a trip to Ireland and yeah. go drink some Guinness over there. Yeah. I will say, get, <laughs> the snobby part of me feel like a. At the very in the states, Guinness tastes watered down compared to a bunch of other porters and stouts. Yeah. And so I would hope that it does not taste watered down yep. in Ireland. I 100% agree. I don't think I've had a Guinness in like maybe two three years just because I never. Like, I've had way better, like, stouts. Mm-hmm. You know, way better, darker beers. Um, anyway, um, we just want to continue to thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, please follow our Instagram. Our, do we have a Twitter? We do not have a Twitter account. Do we need do we, one? Do we need a Twitter? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing in the Valley. I know it's a thing <clears throat> of like everywhere else. I've been using Twitter just for news. That's what I use it for. And it's always about the coronavirus now. Yeah, it's awesome. It's Trump and Corona. Oh, I just see Corona. That's it? Yeah. You don't see any Trump stuff? I see uh, the, the Democratic debates. Oh, yeah, those I are see dumb, that. too. I see, like, uh, like oh, look at the wreck of the debate from last <laughs> night. And so, you know, they show clips, and so it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I see that. I don't see a lot of Trump things. I don't know if it's just because people that I follow don't really post that, but I don't, Probably. I don't see a lot of it. You follow um, a lot of... White evangelicals. Well, that's the thing. Shouldn't they be posting Trump? No, they 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 post anti-democratic stuff. Oh, I guess yeah. You live in such an echo chamber. I do. It's great. You need, you need to get away from that. No. <laughs> Let me be. <laughs> Let me be here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I don't know. Cool. I follow a lot of uh, like uh, Hispanic publishing companies. So dude, those are way more fun. I've been, this is super off topic, <laughs> but, uh, I've been reading this book, uh, talking to the strangers or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and there's this section in the book where, uh, they're interviewing this like mathematical genius, like statistics guy, like 
his whole job, his whole purpose is white collar crime, right? So like, so he, he like goes against banks and like takes them down and cause banks are super corrupt and he goes against like doctors and health organizations and takes those down. Um, and he was mentioning this one thing. Uh, so he published his book, right? The guy published a book and he was like, you know what else stinks? But of course with a ton of cuss words publication companies they rip you off (laughs) it goes off of publication companies i was like but you just published your book but okay that's awesome yeah it was pretty good he wanted to get the word out yeah yeah i I follow a lot of that follow a lot of uh, writers and then yeah like right now they're all talking about the coronavirus i'm looking at it this one dude said his kid has a has a cold and he says we're going to h-e-b to go get stuff for caldo and uh we're gonna buy gatorade the kid asks why gatorade he says it has electrolytes. And he goes, do you even know what those are? And the kid said, my chemistry teacher says, and his dad interjects and says, don't come at me with science. These <laughs> cures have worked for centuries. <laughs> There's that meme, uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, where uh, it's, it's a mom walking in and she's got like the, the Virgin Mary candle, Veeks, and I think Carlo. Yeah. And it says the cure for coronavirus. Yeah. For centuries. Yes, exactly. Or or there's that other meme where it's Bane and he represents yes. the coronavirus. Yes. And you see this like pink uh, <coughs> green screen. Yeah, the outfit guy. Yeah, the outfit guy. Uh, just and that's like Mexicans with Vicks. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> hey, if it works, why, dude? Just leave it. Exactly. Leave it. It's gonna be fine. You know, super interesting. We are super off topic. We are. But anyway, um, I was thinking about this last night uh, because I've been sick um, with the flu or the cold or something. I'm still pretty sick. Um, But how like the coronavirus, the the biggest thing that they're telling you to do right now is like, just wash your hands and we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Like how many people don't wash their hands? Exactly. That's dirty. Yeah. Like wash your hands. That's it. I don't understand that. Wash like, your hands. why do people? Why does the CDC have to remind people to wash their hands? Yeah, I don't get it. Just wash your hands and drink alcohol. They they came out yesterday and said alcohol kills the coronavirus. That's something that Mexicans have been saying for ages, <laughs> forever, y'all. Just take a shot, shot of tequila, shot and of tequila, and you'll and be it fine. Will, it'll reduce the fever. <laughs> And then like, uh, I think we're lying here, but it's true. You take a shot of tequila and it, it reduces the fever. Yeah. And then what would my uncle say? Si no se te quita, se te olvida. And so there's that. And then, uh, I mean, that's also what hot toddies are. Hot toddies is is bourbon and tea. Yeah. Pretty much. It's the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Do that. And then I started after that, I was like, okay, it's crazy to me that the CDC has to remind people to wash their hands. If you don't wash your hands, people, that's disgusting. Like, for real. Just wash your hands. It's not that hard. Carry some antibacterial soap if you need to. Anyway, another thing I started thinking about that after that was when you are sick, the best remedy is sleep. Mm -hmm. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, just go to bed. Yeah. Rest. Yeah. That's that's not weird to you? That's super hard for me. Well, I know that's super hard. It's super hard for everyone. Yeah. Like, we live in this, like, world where, like, no, if you rest, you're in the wrong. It's not even that. It's because if I sleep during the day, I won't sleep at night. And then I'm miserable at night. And we don't want you to be miserable. Yeah. Why would we want that? So I have to limit my naps. (laughs) 
like 30 minutes and I'm like, I got to get up and you do, something. do something. But then you get up and you get worse. Exactly. So like, but isn't that crazy though? The best remedy for sickness is rest. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Uh, I don't want science. Well, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, then let's just move on. I was about to, well, because <laughs> the short answer, when you sleep, when you rest, your body recovers. And so it's releasing a ton of different, um, uh, antioxidants. Yeah. And, and, and antibodies. Biotics. <laughs> yeah. Antibodies. Yeah. No, antibodies. Antibodies. Yeah. Antibodies. And so they're all doing their stuff. They're re- helping you recover. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Anyway, so. I'm sick. It is what it is. I got two shots. No, I got one, two shots, one shot. I don't know how many shots I got, but I got four medications and it sucks. And I don't like it. And my wow. head's spinning. I'm constantly putting yeah you're about to if you're gonna you need an antibacterial this entire office yeah when i leave i, I am okay because i leave for dallas this week oh. Ooh, fun times what are you gonna do over there i have an x29 thing to go to oh, x29 there's only there's not 29 chapters in x there's not why 29 because it means the church keeps going does it though it does i mean it has the church does keep going but there's a lot of people leaving the church, the which is exactly something what we're going to be talking about. Yes. So the church keeps going, but people are leaving the church, which is our topic for today. <laughs> See that transition right there? That's good. Man, you are welcome. I'm so good at this, y'all. You have no idea how good I am. This is amazing. I just amazed myself. <laughs> I did. I did. Anyway. Um, so Marco, you and I have been talking about, uh, people leaving the church, the purpose behind leaving the church, especially the Hispanic, um, excuse me, Hispanic people leaving the Catholic church. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, um, we read a couple articles. Um, we're going to be looking at this from the lens of what can we as the quote unquote evangelical, I don't even want to use that word to be honest, a Protestant church, um, learn from the Catholic church. Uh, on what why people are leaving and what we can do to fix that in in our areas, um, and so we see that there's this dramatic decrease uh, in people staying in the church, both Protestant and Catholic, uh, but <clears throat> major majority of it majority man medicine stinks. The majority of it uh, is in the Catholic Church. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This uh, several of the studies. Some of them have been put out by Pew Research. Um, others were put out by um, oh, which one? It's called Crux, taking the Catholic pulse. Um, and That's uh, a cool name. Crux. Yeah. Also, a lot of these uh, organizations have produced studies that suggest or, or show that um, uh, Catholicism, out of all other religions experiences the most religious switching, whether it's people leaving the Catholic church and um, converting to another religion or leaving the Catholic church altogether more than any other ones. The Catholic church is the one that is, is is the sect that seems to be experiencing the most um, switching uh, people leaving and, uh, and is seeing a decline. Yeah. Particularly among young Hispanics. That, that was the other thing. That so, was the other thing, yeah. So it's around young Hispanics. Catholic Church is uh, seeing a lot of them leave their faith or leave the Catholic Church altogether. And so, yeah, so that struck us because where we live, is a, it's a predominantly 
uh, <coughs> Roman Catholic <coughs> area. And so I think in the small metro that is McAllen, Edinburgh, and Mission, um, I think 49, if I remember correctly, 49% of people consider themselves or would identify as Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's still over over 50% would consider themselves not religious at all. Right. You could still you could still see that there's a heavy influence of Roman Catholic Roman Catholic uh, Roman Catholicism here. So people are leaving the church in droves, really. I mean, if you think about percentages, it's a lot of people leaving the church. Um and uh I mean, we see this in the Protestant church as well. And there are reasons why uh, these younger Hispanics are leaving the church. Um, and so we're going to discuss a couple of those reasons and see what we can learn from them and see how we can better, um, I guess, how we can try to deter the, 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 the waves of people leaving, if we can, you know. Uh, and one of the things that I was, I was saying was like, I felt bad even asking, like, what is the church doing wrong, right? And, and I feel bad asking that because... I guess in, 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 I don't know, in, in my history, it's always been like, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. What am I doing wrong? Like, it, but, but in this case, like, it, I really do feel like the church needs to, the church needs to be okay with being criticized. The church needs to be okay with being made fun of. The church needs to be okay with being, um, with having people ask questions, mm-hmm. right? Which is one of the, one of the reasons why people were leaving, like, they just felt we we don't have a place to ask questions. When we ask questions, we're condemned, and that's unfortunate because asking questions is a good thing, right? Like, why would you deny your son an answer to a question that he has for you? Right. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. And so we're gonna try to look at these things. And um, there was an article that you were reading, Marco, that like kind of broke out, broke down the the people mm-hmm. and like gave them a little cool title. Um, the first one being, uh, what was it? Yeah. So it breaks it down into three types of individuals, the injured. <clears throat> I'll, I could discuss each one of them yeah. anyway. So the injured, the drifter and, and then the dissenter. And so, um, what also adds to so not only are we in a Roman Catholic area, um, not only did this strike us because you see young Hispanics leaving, but I think on top of that, one of the articles by Pew Research suggested that a lot of a lot of these young Hispanic, uh, I, I guess you would say former Catholics, are beginning to drift into the Protestant church. I remember reading an article by Pew Research that suggested that many of them are drifting into the Protestant church, not necessarily because they want to engage, um, I guess for lack of a better word, like the God of the Bible. They just want better music, less tradition, mm-hmm. uh, or they want to know the why behind a lot of things. But in addition to that, you know, even what we're doing here is to kind of like, okay, so this is what's happening in the Catholic Church. What can we as Protestants learn, learn. from this? Yeah. Uh, because we're not immune to <clears throat> oh, some no, of these we're things, not. you know. We see it in the Protestant Church, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so you got the injured, the drifter, and the dissenter. Do you want me to describe the first one? Yeah, let's go to the first one, the injured. So the injured, uh, according to CNA, which is... Uh, uh, I guess a, an online publication by the by the Catholic Church. The injured are referred to as young people who experienced a hardship 
or tragedy in which God seemed absent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Despite their prayers, their parents divorced or ill family members, for example. In other words, something's going on. They're going through some really tough times. They're praying, praying, praying. God doesn't do anything. What's going on? Right. And so, I mean, we see that a lot, honestly. Like, uh, I mean, I have friends, coworkers, or whatever that I've talked to. Um, their response is like, there's, there surely isn't a God because my prayers were falling on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really difficult um, to hear. And that's really, uh, for me specifically, because like I've said that, mm-hmm. you know, like I've said, you know, like I, I've done this and, you know, if there is a God that has everything planned out and he allowed for this to happen, then that's not a good God, mm-hmm. you know, and <clears throat> excuse me. Oh my gosh. Um, but you know, it's a very, it's a very common thing to hear. Like mm-hmm. prayers are not answered. Uh, family members are still dying. This and that didn't happen. Um, this one's difficult because it's very, uh, self-centered like it's me right like Mm -hmm. uh i wanted my prayer answered Mm -hmm. um and that's difficult to just kind of navigate because yes you want your prayer answered but ultimately like god has his will sure you know and so there's this weird weird middle ground that you have like tug and pull that you have to work with on that um But you hear that a lot. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I think of, um, based on what you're saying, the first thing I think of, obviously I'm speaking about it from this side, like we're just taking this article and at least I'm being as objective as I can. I'm trying to. You know what I mean? (coughs) Yes. um, I I certainly do not want to deny anyone tragedy or hardship. So so that's not what I'm necessarily addressing. Yeah. The other thing is, so does your doctrine begin with God? Or does it begin yes. with you? Yeah. Because there, at the very least, we can we can we can at least um, we at least have a foundation to go off of. So I'm gonna have the answers. I'm gonna have some of the the answers to the questions to the question why mm-hmm. I may not like them. I may have to do business with them. I may have to wrestle with them. I may need to ask questions and receive counsel. Um, but it's not because I'm ignorant. Right. You, you know? have you have the answer. Exactly. Yeah. And so in, in addition to that, that foundation is there as the result of knowing who God is in Christ to begin with. Right. So for an individual to say, man, you know, fell on deaf ears. Again, this is just how I think, right? Part of it is like, well, do you know God? Mm-hmm. Number one, do you know who <clears throat> Jesus is? If so, then we have a foundation to work off of. Yeah. And... Uh, my job as, as, as your brother is really just to walk with you in that, to speak gospel truth into you um, as we walk through a really difficult time. Yeah. If you don't know who Jesus is, right, then it's like, we're going to get to that first conversation, but we're going to have another one on top of that. Right, right. You know, so that's how I think of it at first. No, and, it so. ma- and it makes sense. Like, uh, people are so, uh, people are afraid of tragedy. Um and we can't deny tragedy happens. So, and, and you know whether you believe in God or not, like tragedy will happen. And so it does come down to, um, you know, if you know Jesus, then we can like have a conversation like this. It, honestly, it comes down to, uh, and you were saying this, like how the church responds to that response. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, so you're saying you're fall, it falls on deaf ears. Okay, let's have a conversation about this. Or like. 
let's join you in this like tragedy moment. Let's jo- exactly. join you in this suffering <clears throat> as opposed to like letting it slip, letting it go and almost even discounting the suffering to say like, Hey, but remember, Scripture says the suffering of every kind produces steadfastness and a good character. Right, exactly. You, like, you also don't want to do you that. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, oh, you have these, like, quick Scripture shots, you know? Like, yeah. whoa, hey, man, like, yeah. my dad just died. Yeah, like, exactly. So I think I think the, the <coughs> objectivity of for me is like, okay, that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, I, the compassion part yes. is, is well, not even the, well, yes, compassion, Um but in addition to compassion, like I'm going to disciple, I'm going to help disciple my friend, my brother with compassion. Yes. And compassion, like the root meaning is to suffer alongside or to yes. suffer with. So I'm going to walk through that suffering with you. I'm not, I'm going to be like, man, it sucks that your dad died, but you know, God yeah. is sovereign and you are not. So, <laughs> so this was all in God's perfect will and perfect timing. <laughs> and like- again, the the suffering of every kind produces fruit. Yeah. And that fruit is good. This like, suffering ought to lead you closer yeah. to Jesus. Suffering and, leads to repentance. Yeah. And part of that what is What do like, you need to be repenting of? Yeah. Like, this should remind you of your sin. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know like that's not, that's, that's not what you want to do. Yeah. That's not what you want to do. That's not what you want to um, do. Uh, and, and, but that's where people fall though. Yeah. That's where people, yeah. like that's where they go to. That's, I've experienced that myself. Yeah. Like I've done that myself. Yeah. And so it, it's it's really sad. It, it goes to like that compassion, peace, and community, right? Yeah. And so that ties into the second second uh, person, which would be the what? Yeah. So this one is called the drifter, and the drift. Uh, the article reads: the drifter <clears throat> is one who typically <clears throat> had trouble connecting their identity as a baptized Catholic to their concrete life experiences in the real world. They struggle to articulate why being Catholic matters. And eventually just drifted from the church. Yeah. There's this connection that you would say, uh, like connecting their life experiences to the actual religion or whatever you want, organization, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the Protestant church does struggle with that. Uh, I think that um, we oftentimes say your experience does not matter. Mm-hmm. What matters is what scripture says, which yeah. is, which, let me be clear, like scripture is scripture, right? But life experience is life experience. Sure. You know what I mean, and so there's this, there's this connection that needs to happen, and so I can see why people would be, you know, like they're they're dis, discounting my experience, they're discounting my feelings, they're mm-hmm. discounting my emotion, mm-hmm. and therefore, what does it really matter to be yeah. a Catholic? What does it really matter to be a Protestant? What does yeah. it really matter to be a part of a, a you know, a God following, yeah, whatever you want to yeah. call it? Um, and so it's un- like, I. Th- it, it always like even in the first one and this one, I think it falls heavy on one or the other side. Sure. When it's like this middle. Yeah. Um, I uh, I forgot who I was listening to, but uh, they like one of the things they say was that the truth is in the middle, right? right. Um, you know, we, you and I talk about the gray a lot, quote unquote, the gray, and and how uh, we find more. Honestly, we find more objectivity and we find more truth in the gray. Um, and so life experience and this has to go hand in hand. You can't deny the experience of a person, um, and, and say, again, lean back to like, well, God says, yeah, you know, like it, it, you need to be compassionate even in that experience. And so I find, I think it's easier for a for a person to say, does it really matter if my experience is not being seen? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think that what I tend to think about if I'm looking just as an, at an individual or or just having an uh, objective view of an individual who I, who I don't know, right? Like they have difficulty. Uh, essentially, the opening statement is that they have trouble connecting um, who they are based on their religion to their experiences mm-hmm. and what they do, right? And so, even at Storehouse, we preach. And what you believe about Jesus shapes how you live. So what you believe, like gospel informs your devotion. It informs uh, your worldview. It informs uh, the decisions that you make. And, and so that is all true. And I think the connecting piece is ongoing discipleship and community so that worldview or so that gospel-centric worldview is developed. Mm. And so for an individual who has trouble connecting their identity to their, to, to what they do, the first thing I start to think about is for them, it's what do you, re- it kind of goes back to the same question. Okay. Does your doctrine begin with, with God, with God in Christ, or does it begin with you? Mm-hmm. Um, because if it begins with you, then yes, you're going to accommodate a lot of your life experiences, not just obviously to yourself, but that's going to shape how you view scripture as opposed to, uh, scripture is actually going to help inform how you should respond to your life experiences. It's not, um, because the, 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 the Christian life is experiential. Right. And so we're not, we don't want to deny that, but we want to be able to inform that with truth sure. rather than, uh, kind of drift away from it. And so what I want to do is engage that. But I want to engage it with with Scripture to not not to ignore their experiences, but actually to help bring light, truth, comfort, all of these different the compassion yeah. to their experiences. I actually want to say, yeah, let's let's dig into your experience, but we're going to dig into it with the truth of God. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. So that's that's what I would say to to that one. And I'm already like one of the things is, and then we're going to go to the next one. But one of the things I see is like I'm seeing this this big connection. I don't want to talk about it yet. I want to I want to get to the end. And be like, man, I see that here is a missing link and and something. Anyway, missing link. There's a missing link. Or <clears throat> links. Well, let's get to it. So let's go to the next one then. Okay. So the next one, uh, <clears throat> the next category is called uh, the dissenter, and so the dissenter is described as. Um, oh, hold on. Wait. Let me back up. Let me back up. Wait. Um, Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, real quick. Actually, let's back up just a little bit. Same thing on the drifter. One of the other other pieces of the drifter said uh, or shows that researchers noted that the influence of parents can have on drifting away from the church because parents feel inadequate to explain why the faith mm. matters. So, so this I is along that's the same. Part of the missing link. Yeah, that's also part of the miss. So I'm already interesting. Like, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, we can come back to that. Let's or, go. Yeah. Yeah. So there. So there's that. The other one is the the dissenter. It's it's individuals who cited disagreement with the church, whether it's on again. This is the context here is the, is the Catholic Church, and so right. they cited <clears throat> disagreement with things like uh, like birth control or, or sexuality, um, and so uh, topics, subjects, issues like that mattered greatly to them, and that is what led them to leave the, leave church. the church, and then. Um, and one of the things that we talked about was uh, it, the article states states that notably only 2% of respondents, and so in this article, a little over 200 people are interviewed, only 2% of them cited that the clergy sex abuse scandal 
uh, they cited that as a reason they left the church. So only two percent blows cited that. my yeah. mind. <laughs> so, so they have issues with birth control. Yes, but uh, hey, but birth control. But <laughs> this over here is cool. Like, yeah, I, yeah, that blows my mind. Yeah. That, and so we can we can go on that forever. But yeah, yeah. But so, not, so yeah. But so, yeah. <laughs> so the dissenter is is the individual who had strong disagreements with some of the positions of the church, and then that that led them led, led them away. Yeah, that led them away because they weren't allowed to question. They weren't allowed to speak. They didn't have a place to be able to doubt those things, right? And so, yeah. Um, let's get to that missing link then, like. In those three, we saw a connection. Yeah. What was that connection? I mean, I, see, I think I see several. The, the first one is, um, I suppose the first one sounds very general, but but it's very specific. It would be gospel-centered teaching. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the question that we've been putting at the, at the center of the discussion has been, does your doctrine begin with God or does it begin with, with you? Right. And I think that's going to inform a lot of how you view everything from issues that you don't disagree with, uh, whether or not you could articulate your faith and why it matters, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, why or why not God may have allowed X, Y, and Z to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I think that would be the first thing, right? Does your doctrine begin with God or does it begin with you? The answer to those one of those questions, or both of them, is going to inform how you view sure. everything. Yep. Uh, the second thing I think about, which is what we talked about, and it links to the whole parent thing, was um, was discipleship, like ongoing discipleship, where not only is it a space for you and I to address experiences, feelings, uh, this is what's going on, but ongoing discipleship, as Proverbs says, to sharpen one another, ongoing discipleship, where James 5 says, where we confess our sin to one another, we pray for one another, ongoing discipleship where there is life shared with one another, and then ongoing discipleship where uh, the psalmist says that we speak, you know, that we speak the law of God into one another, right? He says that the the law of God is, is perfect. It revives the soul. And so are we speaking the gospel? Are we speaking good news into one another? Or are we just speaking good advice? Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so, and I don't know, and that could be for a list of reasons, but but those are the, the few things that I see, man. I, I see a disconnect between what they're thinking, feeling, uh, even what they believe. There's a disconnect between that and the gospel. There's a disconnect between that and discipleship. There's a disconnect between that and what the church is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, and that's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because you want to... It's hard and easy to say, wait, because like one of those two is going to help guide you how you're going to address those Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's hard because it is, man, we we are a people that want to do whatever it is that we want to do. Yeah, sure. You know, Um, and so it's also hard because oftentimes discipleship is done extremely wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, if I speak about a little bit about my history. Like I know that when I discipled some dudes, like I didn't do it the right way. Right. You know, like I, I w- went back and apologized to those guys. Like, yeah. it's like, man, I'm so sorry how I did that. Like, uh, I think we have, um, a misconception about what discipleship is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we say that we don't. And mm-hmm. that I think we say that we exhort in the same side of the table, but I think we act upon 
the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Like this is how this is what you're doing wrong. This is how you need to fix it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to com- coming alongside, which is what you said the definition of compassion was, right? Mm-hmm. You come alongside, suffer with them, and help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this uh, there's this misconception about discipleship and community, uh, and then this is assumption as well uh, that we talked about a little bit that. Yeah. This assumption that like, oh, but he already knows or she already knows. Yeah. So there's that too. And so, I mean, I don't want to say that these are muddy grounds. I just want to say that these are rough waters. Like you don't, um, we need to be care. I think it's a case by case. Mm -hmm. Like we need to, um, I know at least for me, the way I'm thinking, like if I'm going to help someone out, like I want to be there, I want to hear them out. I want to be able to. Uh, have the gospel inform mm-hmm. like what you were saying, mm-hmm. but I also want to be very clear that like, hey, but your experience, your feelings, your emotions, like they matter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and and I want to walk alongside of you yeah. on this, and not in front of you, and not behind you, but literally side by side, yeah. so that if and when you do have those questions or those doubts or those areas, like I can say like, hey, man, I did too, or I do too, like let's talk about this. Yeah. What, what, what can we do here? Yeah. You know? And so I think, uh, if the Protestant church or the evangelical church or whatever, like if there's something that we need to learn from this specifically is that we need to be, uh, better at community. Yeah. You know, like we need to be better at, uh, acknowledging one another. We need to be better at not assuming whether it be a bad assumption or a good assumption about yeah. someone, we need to be better at, um, we need to be better at being family. Yeah. Like we suck at it. Yeah. Like we do. We, yeah. We're really bad at it. Uh, I know I'm really bad at it. Cause I, I, you and I are introverts. Like mm-hmm. we rather just sit down and not be with people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, bottom line. Yeah. But we need to be better at it. And, and there's this, I don't know, like, I think this is what the church needs to learn. And again, I think the church needs to be okay with learning new tricks. Sure. Like, you know. Well, I think so. One of the <clears throat> one of the cries of the Reformation was uh, the Latin phrase uh, "semper reformanda," which okay. means always reforming. And so there the church go. ought to always be reforming. Yeah. And um, and we're not. Yeah. <laughs> and so not. so I think if if. Uh, <coughs> If, if Christian churches could take anything away from this, it would, it would be begging the questions like, number one, is the gospel at the center of everything that we do? So not just for the church, but certainly for the individual. Is the sure. gospel at the center of everything that we do? Is the gospel at the center of everything of who we are, right? The, what you believe shapes how you shapes live. Shapes how you live. So the gospel has to be at the center. Um, because, because if the gospel is at the center, then... Um, it informs how we do community. Yeah. And if the gospel is at the center, then it protects us from assuming the gospel, right? We, we talked about this a little bit offline where um, you, uh, one of the, the most dangerous things is the church <clears throat> gathering, for instance, on a, on a Sunday morning and assuming that everyone there everyone who is there because we're at the Sunday gathering, everyone there knows the gospel. Right. And therefore we such a dangerous. Yeah, exactly. And so we don't um, speak gospel truths into one another because 
we think they know. Yeah, you're here on a Sunday, so you know. Yeah, exactly. You're, so, so we're here. Yeah, we're so here. so it need, everything uh, has to start with the gospel. So it starts with the person and work of Jesus, mm-hmm. um, what he has done for sinners on the cross, and that informs how we do community. Yeah, that protects us from assumption, um, and that also informs how we engage one another. Yes. Right? And yeah. so so if you take that example of parents <coughs> not being able to articulate the faith, like that's a Deuteronomy 6 thing. Mm. And so, man, what we believe is going to inform how we disciple our kids. Yeah. And so, so that's technically like parents not being able to, for instance, uh, explain why faith matters. Like, yeah, that that is a result of what you believe. It shapes how you live. What you believe doesn't matter and right. so therefore you're enabled to articulate it um but if if the gospel and the work of of jesus for sinners is at the center of of who you are and what you do you may not that doesn't mean you're gonna have all the answers but at the very least it's gonna inform how you disciple your yeah. kids and uh and and so there's a lot to go with that but yeah. yeah so if the gospel is at the center that informs everything if the gospel is at the center that protects you from being a jerk mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to, to someone that's going through something. Sure, sure. You know, if the gospel's at the center, you're going to be okay with them asking questions. If the gospel's at the center, you're going to be okay with them having the doubt. If yeah. the gospel's at the center, you're going to be okay with them like struggling with yeah. the, the death of a, of, of a loved one. Well, you see it in the gospel. Yes. Like, one of the things, Alan Hirsch talks about this, where he says, oftentimes the church wants to wants to get to Pauline theology and yes. let's read the epistles. Yes. And that's cool. That's awesome, you know? But he says, <coughs> he goes, if you do realize, if you want to know what to do in discipleship, the content, uh, and my wife Rebecca and I would have this this disagreement often. She was like, <laughs> what do you do? And I would say, the, the, and I would agree with Hirsch where he says, the content of discipleship is found in the Gospels. Yes. Like, that. that's it. Like, what you do in discipleship. And so what you see is Jesus engage people's life experiences, or we see Jesus experience, uh, engage people when when things aren't going mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Like he's and he's engaging them with truth, but he doesn't negate how they're feeling, or he doesn't negate like what's going on within them. Instead, he engages them. He's gonna so the priority or the primary thing that he's bringing in is the truth, but yeah. that doesn't annul yes. his empathy for uh, the leopards. The woman at the well, yeah. the woman with the bleeding, the you know the 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 crippled, like mm-hmm. he's engaging all of those mm-hmm. where they're at, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, you know, as you were saying that, like I, the church, the church is, is forgetting. Let me see. Oh, hold on. Let me, <laughs> I, I want to say this the right way. Uh, oftentimes, more often than not. We teach and preach the life and work of Paul as opposed to teach and preach and live the life and work of Jesus. Yeah. So the church is no longer preaching the gospel of Christ, but the gospel of Paul. Yeah. And that's such a dangerous territory. Yeah. Uh, you and I, we, we love Paul. Okay, cool. The Pauline letters, excellent. Most of the New Testament, this is great, whatever, this and that. But the bottom line is that Paul is not Jesus. Yeah. Paul is not the gospel. Yeah. The gospels are the gospels, and the gospels are the life and work and teaching and preaching of Jesus. Yeah. And so... I mean, and if, Paul's pointing us to Jesus, and, right? Yeah. Like, that's and, and, but, but But we tend to not even mm-hmm. go there. Like, we yeah. like this is what Paul says. Like, you know, you do a really good job of saying, like, this is what Jesus says through Paul. 
Yeah. You know, and, and like Paul is pointing us to Jesus and he's trying to, like, I'm not, I'm not against Paul, you know, <laughs> Paul's cool. Paul's cool. Paul's all right. <laughs> he and I will have a chat when, when, when I die. But, uh, but the church is so quick to land on that Pauline side as opposed to live in the Jesus camp. Was, that Jesus camp sounds weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Jesus side, whatever. Uh, but yeah, like, and so we need to be really careful with that. Like, don't preach Paul, preach Jesus. You know, don't right. live Paul, live Jesus. And if you are going to use Paul, make sure that you, you know, that you understand that Paul is trying to point to Jesus. Um, and so it's hard. It's hard. I get it. You know, but if there's something that we can learn from all this is that, uh, you know, there's a, there's room for growth within the church mm-hmm. and the church organization mm-hmm. itself. Like, um, we get so caught up in the church, like being a business, being a, an institution, you know, and, and we forget that it's it's a breathing, moving thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I love what you said. The the what was it the reforma? What was it? The, Semper reformanda. Yeah, like always be reforming. changing. Yeah, always, always reforming, reforming, always change. Um, it's a, I think the whole thing is. Uh, Sorry, I bumped the mic there, people. My bad. I think the whole thing is, I think it's uh, always always reforming according to Scripture. So Scripture is informing how we we are sanctified. Again, gospel at the center, right? So uh, I I do want to point out just one last thing before we move on. Um, Like there's a lot of reasons why people are leaving. And I think a lot of those reasons can be easily uh, tamed. Um, like a lot of the reason why people are leaving the churches right now is because of policy is because of, uh, politics. Um, and though we're not going to get into it, I, I do want to say like that also should be informed by the gospel. That also should be a conversation to have, not a wall to put up. Mm-hmm. So but anyway, that's what I got. That's 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 what it is. That's cool. It's cool. Uh, you want to give us our benediction because we're already at forty yeah, minutes and we yeah. should have stopped. Yeah, eleven I mean, minutes ago. In short, the benediction is kind of what we talked about, right? The benediction is what you believe shapes how you live. So what you believe about about Jesus shapes how you live. Yes. So the gospel will inform how we do community. The gospel informs. Um, how we can walk through suffering and how we can walk with others through suffering. Mm-hmm. The gospel informs how we disciple uh, our children and one another. Yeah. The gospel informs um, how we view things that we're going to struggle with. Yep. So, yeah. Hey, so don't be a jerk, y'all. Semper reformanda. Which means don't be a jerk. Yeah. See y'all. Thanks for joining us this week on The Confessional Taco. If you'd like to follow us on social media, check us out on Instagram at The Confessional Taco. Visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Confessional Taco, or head on over to our website, theconfessionaltaco.com, and hit us up.